Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Podcast lovers, how the fuck are you, friends? Welcome to the show. Lions Lounge Lockdown is sponsored for the entire 21-22 season by Match Scaffolding. Match Scaffolding is a company owned by a Millwall fan and long-time season ticket holder. So, if you want some scaffolding in your life, please don't hesitate to check out Match Scaffolding's contact details in the description of this audio podcast offering. Our guest today is an ex-Mill player from the 10s. We've had a lot of 80s, a lot of 90s, a lot of noughties, but we're dipping into the 10s today. And for good reason, it's, it's an interesting one because we're hearing good things and bad things about certain managers we've not really heard a lot about before. Andy Keogh, absolutely full of praise for Kenny Jacket. Not so much for Steve Lomas. Some really interesting and open, honest stories from the Irishman. Of course, he partnered Harry Kane up front as well during his time at the Den. I'll let you crack on with it. This is Lions Lounge Lockdown, episode 54. Andy Keogh, enjoy. We're going to go in three, two... One, Lions Lounge Lockdown, episode 54. Andy Keogh. Andy, thanks for joining us, mate. Thanks, mate. My pleasure. Fresh out of training? Fresh back from training, yeah. Just uh, enjoying the summer summer weather here and um, uh, enjoying uh, the lifestyle. For those who don't know, where are you playing now? Uh, Perth Glory in Australia. Been here for on and off seven years now. Wow. Decent, decent. Okay, so today, obviously, we're going to talk about your time at Millwall. It was a strange one because it's two years at the club, but it actually spanned across three seasons, three managers, FA Cup semi-final relegations. There's plenty to talk about. But um, to start out, let's delve right back. Irish lad, um, come through the ranks of Leeds, Scumfort, and then Wolves. What made you want to finally make the move south to London? Um, I was... I got a bad injury at Wolves and I'd been out on loan a few times. So um, it came to a, a point where I needed to, you know, find a home. And um, Kenny Jacket was very interested and, he, you know, he called me a few times and, you know, he told me his ambitions. And, and you know, I just, you know, I just really, really got a good vibe off him um, and his assistant, Joe Gallen. And um, I decided to, to go with the... Uh, go with the move to Millwall and you know they made a, a cheeky little bid and it got accepted so um, and then I found myself in uh, South London yeah so um, I remember at the time I'm thinking you know, it looks blowing your trumpet because you're on the show like, we don't usually get strikers like you come from come from a higher end side you know score lots of goals it was, it was exciting times for the club I think it was only about half a million we managed to get you for as well yeah, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was, a, it was a, it was a decent price, um, mm. not not in the scale of football these days, but you know, for yes. you know, I'm just, I would have been just considered a good championship player, and you know, nothing too extravagant, but um, yeah, it was, it was, you know, it was I, I thoroughly enjoyed it when I came to Millwall. It was, you know, obviously coming from Wolves, we've been in the Premier League for three years, um, mm. you know, I'd seen a lot of uh, investment in in the club and. You know, it brought me back to a bit, bit of reality and a bit of, you know, get your head down and, and let's show what people what you can do again. Yeah, because Mill isn't always, shall we say, a, a preferred choice for for professionals. They, some are a bit like, oh, fuck, I'm not going there. But did you, what was your first impressions of the club when you did arrive? 
yeah, it, I, I loved it. You know, you know, let, let, if you're going to be honest, the training ground could be better. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it had two nice pitches that were uh, in, in mint condition most of the time. They had uh, a decent change room. You know, they had showers. They had a gym. They had a lunch area. So, I mean, there's, you don't need much more. Um, you know, people can go a bit OTT at the times with uh, facilities and infrastructure and uh, staff members. But, um, you know, it, it was a good family club with good characters and good, honest people that yeah. wanted the best for, for the club. Yeah. Mentioned him there quickly, Kenny Jacket, because on this show, we've done a lot of players from the, from the 80s, 90s and noughties. But we've not really so far dipped our toe into your sort of era. So the fans loved him. What was he like, KJ? For you as a manager, no, it was brilliant. He's um, tactically astute, uh, uh, an empathetic man uh, who had a real uh, sensitive side to him behind the scenes, and um, just a good, honest, honest person who would tell you exactly how it was. I would always, always try um, do do what was best for you. Yeah, like I said, he's, he's just a great, great, honest, honest man. Uh, you know, with a lot of strings to his bow, tactically great. Um, you know, good personality, understood uh, human emotions, um, and he had a great sidekick as in Joe Gallen, who uh, complimented him fantastically. Joe Gallen was that Kevin Gallen's brother? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the assistant for a good few years. He goes with Kenny everywhere. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, great combo, those two. Obviously, they went to Wolves after Millwall, and um, you know the rest is history. There, they're back in the in the Prem, uh, killing it really. Thanks to uh, Kenny's hard work in the lower leagues, they're, uh, they're still there now. Uh, still going there, Leighton Orient, there, aren't they? Yeah, they gone to Portsmouth, then over to Leighton Orient. So that's what they do. They rebuild clubs. They make them better than where, when they came in, um, yeah. and it's a credit to them. Oh, brilliant. And you know, when you came in, I was just looking. Your first season. Absolutely hit the ground running. Ten goals in eighteen games. Unbelievable start for you. It was it was fantastic. Um, but I, I had the bit between my teeth. I really wanted to uh, prove a point, um, and it helped that um, that Harry Kane came in alone as well. Um, mm-hmm. And I think he was he was maybe to be honest, he was maybe struggling a little bit to start with. But me and him then when we got playing together, we clicked, we clicked, complimented each other. You know, I do a lot of running in a game, as people people would know, and I think that helped Harry a lot, and uh, it, it let his skill and his attributes shine immensely in, in that back half of the season as well. Yeah, what was he like as a, as a character? I suppose he was only a young kid at the time, wasn't he? Yeah, he was young, but he was he was confident. He knew what he wanted. He didn't care. He'd take a shot on if he wanted to. You know, he wasn't afraid of older pros around him. Um, he was quiet in the change room, driven. Uh, you know. You could tell he was going to go places. Um, to the heights he's been, um, I'm not, not so sure I thought that at the time. I knew he'd be very, very good. Um, but, you know, he's just obviously that dedicated that he's he's excelled, like, ridiculously in such a short space of time. Back f- after um, his other loan moves to Norwich and Leicester, he really, um, he must have learned a lot from them as well. Yeah. Uh, and came back, uh, you, know, you know, to become Spurs' main man. Yes, crazy man. Obviously, he was a young player, but just, I don't know. He didn't seem to have the the go in him, almost, did he? Or the, the, the any turn of pace or anything, which he still really hasn't got. But he's just a great player these days, isn't he? Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah good. Uh, I heard he went to a sprint coach in America um, to work on his uh, his acceleration and speed. So you know, he's 
as I said, like with the story, he's a very dedicated guy and he, he thoroughly deserved to get where he is now. Mm. So it's an interesting one because a lot of strikers at the club, when you joined, we already had Darius Henderson, Patrick Adjimang, Harry Kane, Sean Bat, John Marcus, Josh McCoy. There's already a lot of, there's a lot of competition in your, uh, in your position, wasn't there? Yeah, there was, yeah. But it was, um, it was, it was obviously a, it was a, Obviously, they paid money for me, and I knew that Kenny wanted me. So it was a, that was a confidence boost straight away. Mm. And then it's like any any squad. Once you get on the pitch, it's up to you to to prove your your place in the team and and go from there. Mm. What was he like? The big man, Darius Henderson. He was crackers, wasn't he? Yeah, he was brilliant on and off the pitch. Um, and he was, uh, you know, just did exactly what he said on the tin. He got he bullied defenders. He used his strength. He used his personality to to build people up around him. Uh, you know, fantastic, uh, fantastic guy and, and and a great player in his day as well. Yeah, there was a few more legends knocking around still at the club at that point as well. Um, David Ford, of course, fellow Irishman, Tony Craig, Alan Dunn, Jimmy Abdu. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a good squad. Good squad of guys. Um, you know, good, uh, just good lads that that had each other's back. Um, you know, there was great camaraderie around the, the dressing room. Uh, I think that showed, obviously, in the back half of that season with uh, the results we pulled yeah. off and, and and going into the next season. We were like, we were top four up until Christmas. Mm. I was looking yeah, at the uh, stats to... yesterday and it was like, that, that first season for you, looking at the results, result with Keo, Keo, kids everywhere. You're, like, you're scoring loads of goals. Yeah, it was it was it was, it was great time, um, and then, like I said, up until that Christmas, uh, two thousand and twelve. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Elf, I think it was. We, yeah, we, were, we were top four coming into, coming into Christmas. And then obviously we, we lost Chris Wood, who had come on loan. Mm. Uh, and we we never replaced him. Uh, had a couple of injuries, and, and we just sort of scraped uh, scraped survival come the end of that season, which mm. was uh, disappointing considering where we were. Getting back to that that first season when you came in, so I'm going to nick a little bit. Obviously, I watched it under the cosh on their show, and a, a little story you told on there, if you wouldn't mind telling it, where um, Kenny Jackie said, so say along the lines of, "I know you boys are out booted, but you, you keep fucking winning, so there's nothing I can do." Yeah, like that's what I mean. You had you had Joe Gallen, who was a bit of a sidekick, and he was 
you know, he'd always get amongst the boys and figure out what was going on. And, you know, we got to a stage where we were just winning every Saturday, like 2-0, 2-1, 3-2. Um, massive results. Or away, away at Burnley, smashing them 3-0, Peterborough away 3-1, whatever it was. We were just winning. And so, like, you know, we were, it was a good 10 of us who were in our mid-20s. So we were just, we're in London with, why not? With Most of us are single. We'll just go out and enjoy our life. Um, and we were just doing it and we were out and we were out and we would, you know, we would probably overindulge. Um, and we'd, you know, we'd come in and, you know, a few of the boys might be, me included, might be stinking a bit uh, from the night before. Um, and, yeah, you know, Joe wasn't stupid. He could tell, Kenny could tell, but you know, we train hard, we sweat it out, we train hard. And then one day um, he pulls me and a couple of the boys and he just goes, Oh, he's, he's, you know, he's very like dry. I think he's doing good, do you? And we're like, yeah, we're not, we're not doing too bad, Gaffer. We're uh, playing pretty well, uh, you know, being honest. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't think I know that you're out every weekend, Sunday, Saturday, Monday? <laughs> you know, I was like, uh, he goes, yeah. Uh, the only problem is, is keep fucking winning. So I can't do anything about it. And I was like, oh, we better keep winning then. He was like, yeah, you better. <laughs> that's just that's just good brilliant. bad management then, really, isn't it? Yeah, it was brilliant. He didn't. He, he, listen, as long as he was getting his results, and I'm sure, you know, and there might have been the odd one in there where we didn't win, but he would have assessed it and thought, you know, let's see what the next one comes. And he wouldn't have jumped the gun. And that's that's uh, was one of his strengths, his man management. He was, uh, you know, he was top-notch at that. Mm, yeah, great manager for us. You saw, just sort of petered out at the end. Moving on to the um, the 2012-13 season, it was his last in charge. It was, I'd say, we, we battled relegation, but of course, a, a brilliant FA Cup run that year as well. Uh, Chris Wood, you yeah. said Harry Kane left, Chris Wood came in. He was some player for us. I know they weren't there long, but I think he was like 11 in 14 games, and he's a great striker. Yeah, he was good. He was, he was very similar to Harry, like just could hold the ball up well. Probably better than Harry at that, actually. And and, and he, he could score goals. Uh, another, he was the perfect... Uh, perfect guy for me to play with again that's the type of player that I thrive with uh, that I do well with and we did do well uh, you know we had some big results we beat Wolves 1-0 away at Molyneux we beat Blackburn away 2-1 uh, all in November Nottingham Forest we smashed 4-1 away in November like we were killing it and then obviously he left uh, but we continued our uh, we continued the cup run with the team we had which maybe was a bit of a distraction to the season which maybe sort of how, like contributed to us not doing so well in the league in the back half but you know but the FA Cup and to be honest I still have regrets about that because we were only playing Wigan yeah we, we could have beat them we could have beat them no, you know no. it was difficult it wasn't it wasn't like you know it wasn't like he got drawn against an Arsenal or a Man City or a Liverpool we couldn't get near him we couldn't get near him on the day we couldn't get near him we couldn't get near him on the no. day I think the, the occasion got the better of us maybe it was just we just didn't we just didn't get the rub of the green we needed something early we needed a bit of something to get the crowd going to get us something to, to dig in and hold on to but you know, it was, that's a big that's a, one of the biggest regrets in my career actually that game because um, for Millwall to get to another FA Cup final uh, in, in that circumstance would have been incredible mm. Just talk about the skipper the big man it's what we do Danny Shitsu what was he like as a character? Yeah, I'm brilliant. I, I catch up with him every now and again when I come back to uh, London. 
I was at a wedding with him a few years ago, probably about five years ago now. Um, great relationship, me and him. Um, he was brilliant. Uh, but, you know, I played against him when he was at Watford and I was at Wolves and, you know, I used to harass him and kick him and, and he just would just um, demolish me in tackles. So we had a good, uh, we had a good professional uh, understanding before we met and then, you know, we got on like a house on fire. Mm. What about the, uh, the big man between the sticks, fellow Irishman? He's been on. The, he's been on the show, David Ford. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. He, he helped me settle in. He was. He was great. Um, he, um, you know, he had a he had a good couple of seasons, and I was there as well. He uh, and he got himself into the Irish setup and and got himself a good few caps, which was you know great towards the back end of his career for him. So um, you know, full credit to him. He, he was probably more so a you know a, not like a, not a late developer, but just like someone that got his chance later on in his career. Mm. Um, and uh, it was great to see, um, you know, another Irishman at the club and, and doing well. So I will we'll pick your brains about one last player because I, I thought he was brilliant. James Henry, what was he like? Yeah, he was he, he, start, he was very good. When I first came, I wasn't too sure. I was thinking, ah, he's not bad. But then the next season, he, he went up a new level. Um, he really excelled. He was probably our player of the season that year. Um he was constantly a great energy, great um, acceleration, great dribbling ability. And, um, you know, I think, um, to be honest, I think he's probably underachieved in his career. Mm. And he, from, from what I've seen and trained with every day, I expected him to, you know, to be more of a consistent top-end championship player. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it didn't. He went to Wolves and he got his promotions with there and he stayed there for a bit. And, you know, but... Um, I've seen a lot of a lot of a lot of potential in him, but you know, at the end of the day, everyone makes their own choices, and he made his, and uh, he's not done too bad for himself. And and on top of that, he was a great a great lad, mm. uh, really really good bloke. Um, so I have nothing but good praise for him. Talking about choices, Kenny Jacket made one, leaves the club. What do you yeah. remember yeah, when Jay was... left? Well, he actually, we, at the end of season awards, uh, we just, obviously, we'd been to the FA Cup. we just survived. Uh, and we were, at, we were I was in the toilet having a piss. And he actually came in and he said, he was like, because we had a great relationship, me and him. He was just like, he said, sorry, sorry, Andy. I was like, what do you mean? He was like, sorry, I didn't replace Chris Wood when he left. I just, I just couldn't replace him with anything goes for your player there and without a, without a strike partner um, he goes oh, you know, I'm sorry and I looked at and I sort of was like that was a bit weird and I was like and then no, I sort of had a feeling I think he's leaving I was in my head he's, he's leaving because no one expected him to leave and then a week, uh, a week later lo and behold he, um, he resigned yeah do you think it was because they didn't give him the funds to replace Wood or yeah I do I think he, he was sick of of battling he was constantly battling in the championship and he just wanted because he had the ability as a manager to to create something better if he was given a better budget mm. so I think he was like, and so I thought you know and he just got Millwall to the FA Cup semi-final as well you know his stock was high so he probably seen that Wolves had been relegated they were probably going to need a new manager and lo and behold he became the Wolves manager and funny enough I was in in uh, Dubai on holiday and I got a phone call off the sporting director of Wolves asking for um, a reference on Kenny Jack and um, well I tell you what Kenny owes me a few beers <laughs> after. 
I can already tell. I can already tell that's gone well. You're full of praise for him. And then, and then, by all accounts, uh, when he when he signed the uh, the contract uh, over at Wolves, the sporting director Kev Telwell said to him, uh, "You know, you've got a you got a you got a good uh, you got a good one there in uh, Andy Andy Kyo. He uh, he gave you a glowing reference. Um, you know, just giving him a bit of ban. Well, um, he didn't return the favour because he left the club, and Steve Lomas becomes the new manager. No. No, he didn't. Uh, I'm sure he had nothing to do with that signing. <laughs> so yeah, uh, you, what was he when you hear Steve Lomas is the, is the new manager at a club? What was your first impression to that before you even met him? Uh, I, I had no impression. I never judge someone. I would never ever judge someone until I know them. Mm. Um, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what you've done uh, in football. Um, it's it's just. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Let me see who the person is. Let me see if they, like how they act as a human being. That's, uh, you know, you know a, first like, all, really I wanna... a losing battle, wasn't he, with the Millwall fans? Because obviously he came from West, he was ex-West Ham. And he, I think he came yeah, from that, that Scottish Did he really manage in St. Johnston or something like that? Yeah, St. Johnson. That doesn't help, you know. But, you know, again, just because he played for West Ham doesn't mean that he's not going to be a good manager for Millwall. Do you know what I mean? Um, that's like, that was my uh, point of view. Uh, so, like, let's see what he's about. And then let's see uh, what he's like uh, tactically and, and getting the team uh, set up to, to win. What was your first encounter with him? 
uh, I, I'd been away with the Irish team and so I had an extra week off so I came back and you know, he pulled me in I just went and smashed out my fitness testing and that and you know he was he was saying like oh you're gonna you're gonna play with Steve Morrison you know we brought him back on loan you and Steve you know I know you'll you'll play well with a bigger guy which is true um, and and we'll go from there and so I was like okay yeah, great like let's see how this goes and you know he's saying he was signing since signing a lot of players from but you know it slowly unraveled where he signed too many players and he couldn't handle all the personalities mm. couldn't handle it he got he, he he got bullied into decisions he got bullied into playing players that kicked off at him he had no you know he he just for me he just couldn't make he couldn't make a solid decision he seems like comes across as a, when he was a player like a bit of a hard man as well, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. I never played against him, so yeah, I'm sure. But he certainly wasn't a hard man as a manager, that's for sure. Yeah, so we're saying it's a completely different type of character. So it didn't work out for you under him. Was you slept quickly out of the team or? Um, well, oh, where does it begin? So I played the first couple of games. I scored two and four or something like that. So I was doing all right. And then he'd signed, he'd signed like Scott McDonald. He'd signed Steve Morrison. He'd signed a couple of other attackers, Richard Chaplow, some called it Nicky Bailey. Couple of that. Like, so he started to, he just dropped me. Didn't tell me why. Didn't put me on. I was like, yeah, grand, whatever. Slowly it just, next game, same old, same old, same old. So I got on to my agent. I was like, right, he doesn't want me. So he's not playing me. I'm not here to sit around and do nothing. Like I could, I could see the writing on the wall. So I was like, no problem. Let's see what, let's see what's out there. Danny Ings had just got injured for Burnley. So Sean Dyche was on to my agent, and he was like, I'll have Andy. Uh, we'll take him on a on a six month loan with a view to a two year deal. Uh, Burnley were top of the championship. Bearing in mind that when Danny Ings got fit, he was only out for three months or something like that. But he wanted me to replace Danny Ings at the time, and I knew that once Danny Ings is back, I probably wouldn't play, but at least I'd be on the bench for a top of the championship team and not a, uh, not, not, not Millwall, not, not even coming on. Yeah. So I was like, I was like, yeah. And so anyway, the agent got on to Lomas and I was like, um, how much did the club need to pay? And they were like 60% minimum of his wages. So he was like, oh, straight away on the phone, he was like, done. I've got, um, I've got Burnley. They're going to take him. And he was like, then he started backtracking. He went, oh no, he can't go to Burnley. And he was like, what do you mean? You don't. You said he can go on loan. You's you are the ones that said he can go on loan. And now he won't. You can't let him. We won't let him go to Burnley. He was like, nah. So he was like, well, that doesn't make sense. He was like, I can't. They, he can't be seen to go into Burnley, top of the championship, and not playing here in Millwall. Yeah, um, that's so being famous over that, wouldn't they? Yeah, so the um, days later, he, he um, I, my agent calls me and goes, Oh, um, you can go to Yeovil Town, they just got promoted to the championship. Yeah, I remember, yeah, you can go to Yo- you, can, you can go to Yeovil Town on loan. And I just started laughing, going, There's not a fucking chance in hell I'm going down to Yeovil. Yeah, I've got Burnley knocking on the door, say, Get me there anyway. 
they, they wouldn't, wouldn't budge, wouldn't let me, just let me rot, rot away in the in the stands. So I've just had enough one day, and I've I've gone, uh, I've just gone knocking on his door. I went, what, like, what's going on? You said I can go on loan. And then he turns around to me and goes, I never said that. I went, you're fu- like, you're fucking, you're lying. You're just lying to my face here. So yeah. you, you said I can go along. I said, now that I've come to you with Burnley, Barris let me go there. I said, I should be playing in your team now, but you don't, you're not having me play, no problem. And and I was training my heart out, like, giving it, even like players like Richard Chaplow and Lee Martin were coming up to me saying, how are you not playing? You're training like a, an animal here. Mm. And I was like, I don't know. So anyway, I'd lo- I don't know, I left his office because he, he lied to my face and I was like, I was, so I'm walking out to train and straight to train and Tim Breaker's there, the assistant. And he's like, you okay? And Andy, I was like, leave me alone, Tim. Like, and I, uh, something just snapped in my head. I just, I just seen it. And uh, Lomas is on the other side of the pitch walking out. And then I'm just like, and I just switched. I was like, do you know? And I started shouting at him from across the pitch. Joy, oh, you fucking prick. I was like, I was like, you're a fucking shithouse. And then I just, I just, I just lost it. Like, I hope you get fucking sacked. Hope you get sacked. And Tim's like, you, you can't say that. You can't say that. And uh, a couple of the boys were there, like with their hands on their mouth, going, "Oh my god, he can't! Is he, is he shouting that across the pitch?" So anyway, I've gone. I've gone home and I've calmed down. And uh, about that was around November. About a month later, we have a few injuries. I'm still in the stands, not doing anything, and we're um, we're playing Watford away on December 26th. Yeah. And on, on December 23rd, 24th, one of those days, we had a few injuries, players suspended, not available, and we're playing a 4 4 four one, one, And he puts me in on the right wing. When was the last time you played? Pre- previous to that, when was the last time you played? Oh, uh, like two and a half months before oh, that. Oh, really? Oh, fucking hell. Yeah. So he puts me in on the right wing. Bearing in mind, I played my whole time at Millwall. I've been a striker, mm. and I and I was like, okay, let's see. He's put me in. He's like, yeah, this is the team. Blah blah blah. And I'm like, Watford at second second top of the championship. With like, they were bopping teams. Deeney, Buckley on the wing, much. They were killing teams, and I was looking at it going, holy god, I'm on the wing here. I'm just going to be slogging up and down for this for this that wouldn't let me go because I have no respect for him. And I was like, oh, I don't know about that. So then I was thinking, you know what? I don't want to play for him. I've, I've no respect for him. Don't want to play for him. So then we go home. And then on, we were meant to meet, meet uh, the next day, Christmas, obviously. And uh, I just rang him. And I just rang uh, the assistant. And went, I'm not feeling well. I'm not, I won't make it. Oh, now, people will look, now people will look at me and go, oh, that's a shit thing to do. And I was like, well. If anyone knows me, they know I've always been a team player and I always don't like I'll, I'll run more than anyone on the pitch. I'll chase, I'll harry, I'll do I'll leave my heart out on the pitch. But I was like, you know what? This guy's treated me so bad and he's mm. actually potentially fucked my career up because if I go to Burnley and they get promoted, I've got a two year deal with a premiership team. Yeah. And he's done that for his own benefit because he didn't want to be seen to, to allow me to go somewhere that was. And do better at a better at a, bit, at a higher in the table than Millwall. So I was like, Joe, you know I'm not, I'm not, I'm not helping you. 
Yeah. So I just said, nah, fuck it. I said, I'm not. And then, anyway, lo- anyway, lo and behold, they go play Millwall. Uh, Millwall play Watford and they get smacked 5 1. And uh, Lomas, Lomas gets the sack straight after the game. And he comes in and he says, uh, and that, and he said something like, I wasn't there, obviously, when the lads told me that. And that fucking Irish, <laughs> not, uh, not, 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 uh, Saying he's sick, not coming to the game, and I was like, and then in my head I was like, good. I was like, sorry, Steve, I didn't just get you sacked. You got yourself sacked from all the shit decisions you made the last three months. I bet when you've heard well, that phone call that he said that, and you've you've got one back, and I bet you was like, cheers, Steve. Yeah, yeah, I was. I was like, cheers. And do you know what? And I and I wasn't. I'm not proud of it because I do anything for my team at the time. Yeah. But yeah. At, at this stage, at this stage, it was like, no, nah, I have to stick up for myself here. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not being. I'm not being mugged off and walked all over. It's like. You, 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 you try and mug me off you won't let me go on loan you try shit me to Yeovil like I'm a fucking shit player I was like nah I'm not having that so I was like, I'll let you make your own bed I'm not going to help you out now when you've got in, when you've got injuries and suspensions just just because I said that and that's all the, that's the whole point of being a good manager and a man manager you keep your whole squad happy so when you yeah. do need them they're there, they're there ready fit and fired and ready for you to die for you on the pitch I mean you, you said that he he said to you oh Steve Morrison's come back to play for us and You'd obviously already been at the club scoring goals. So, why do you think what what changed in his mindset? All of a sudden, he didn't want you in the side, or he he brought Scott McDonald in on a uh, paid him good wages. Um, he probably wanted to his own his own players. Yeah. He's more of a wasn't he? What more, he wanted to more do. ten Scott McDonald. He played like in the hole a little bit more than a striker, though, didn't he? Yeah, so he sort of just played him off Morrison a bit. He could he could have done played me there easy, but. Yeah, and like I said, he's probably doing that, but I would have respected him more if he, like, you know, I don't rate you as a player. Off you go. I get myself something. He lets me go. Instead, he was like, don't really rate you as a player, but I'm not going to let you go because I don't want to look like a mug because you, you go into a uh, top of the table team. And, you know, for me, he's got shit, shit morals, shit values, uh, totally and utterly selfish looking for himself, not looking for the best interests of the players around him and, and letting them progress, progress their careers regardless of how they look. And um, ultimately, like I said, he got the sack and it was, it was deserved because the team wasn't playing well. He assembled a, a bit of a mitchy-matchy squad where people didn't really fit in the system. Mm. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah, he got what he deserved. And I, you know, I've never spoke to him since and I never will. And then after that, uh, well, you would have had Neil Harris temporarily, wouldn't you? Neil Harris come in and was Scott Fitzgerald. Yeah, Neil came in for one game, uh, which was the cup game. I think they lost to South End. Um, I didn't play in that um, <clears throat> because uh, I was sort of like told to just cool off for a bit. <laughs> I bet you couldn't wait to get yeah. in training that first day. That first day, but you couldn't wait to get in training. Uh, again. No, I didn't care, mate. To be honest, I was just like, well, I was like, I knew it was coming. Like you get what you deserve in life. Do you know what I mean? You, yeah, you yeah. actually get what you deserve. And um, whether, Holloway, whether you Holloway was here or not that day at Watford, it was gonna, it, it was coming at some point anyway, wasn't it? For him, if I even if I played in that game, we're still getting beat the same score. Yeah, yeah. It's just because the way he set the team up. And the players he put into certain positions, it just it was it was destined for failure, and everyone knew that. And I'm not the only one. There'd be a lot of players in that squad that would say the same. You know, you ask, ask, um, ask Alan Dunn probably. Ask Alan Dunn about Steve Lomas. He'd tell you the same. 
Mm. He tell you that he's a lawyer and that he's a, a shit house, and he 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 would he he wouldn't you know uh, honor his word. He tell you that. And uh, and yeah, anyway, yeah, he got he he was gone, and then Elian El- Holloway came in and he gave a fresh slate, and I played in his first game, and we beat Ipswich one 0 Played in a couple more, uh, and then uh, I think. To be honest, I was one of the highest earners in the club. Uh, and he told me that he needed to get rid of me on loan because he needed to bring three players in on my wage. Would you say, I'm not going to Yeovil? <laughs> yeah. So I'm not, yeah, not going to Yeovil. <clears throat> and he was like, and he was honest. He was honest. He said like, and I was respected that straight away. I was like, yeah, yeah fair play. And I, and, I, and I actually spoke to him throughout when I, when, I, when I did go on. I went on loan to Blackpool. Mm. Um, and I, I spoke to him throughout and then he called me at the end of my loan and he told me, he was like, fair play to you. Like I scored, I scored a goal that kept Blackpool, uh, kept them up that season. Yeah. He was like, fair, fair play to you. You've gone, you've, you've, you've done, done, done your job for them. And I'm just to let you know, we won't be renewing your contract, but, um, you know, thanks for your efforts, etc., And yeah, for being professional, I went, no problem, Ian. Really appreciated it. I loved your training sessions. Uh, I'll actually steal a few of your drills for when I when I do my coaching, um, and uh, you know let's keep in touch and uh, it'd be great to be able to pick your brains in the future. And he was like, "No problem, Andy, uh, absolutely." And you know that was that's all I needed. It's just it doesn't matter if someone rates you or not. It's just respect and yeah. being a, a good hu- good human being. It's um, I mean, obviously, Millwall fans feel the same way about Ian Holloway as they do about Steve Lomas. However, all the players I've had on. That works under Holloway said we yeah, loved him. Good man manager with a bit of a bit of craziness in him and a bit of <clears throat> difference, but there's nothing wrong with that. And um he was he was he was dedicated, he was uh he was emotional to you know to the club, he was emotional to the players in terms of sharing things that he wouldn't probably share with a lot of people. And um he was he was nothing but good things to say about him, even though my time with him was brief. Mm. What happened with the um, Burnley deal that that dead in the water? Dead in the water. They signed. Um, well, here you go. Here's a good one. They signed Ashley Barnes from Brighton, and guess who's still at Burnley, banging away in the prem? Ashley Barnes. <laughs> so fair play to him. <laughs> no, no, no bad feelings there on that one. Yeah, he's a better player than me anyway. They did, they did well <laughs> not getting me, and they're getting him. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so eventually you left the club, and then when where'd you go off the mill? Was it Blackpool? I was at Blackpool for a couple of months on loan just to finish my contract. And then that's when I was a free agent. And that's when uh, I left and came to Australia. Perth Glory, playing for now, are you? Yeah, Perth. Yeah, I came there and been here, like I said, on and off for seven years. Um, had, a little, had a little stint in Thailand and in uh, Saudi Arabia, which was fantastic. Um, and now I've got my Aussie passport. So I've <coughs> got dual citizenship which is great for me and the family and the kids. Uh, you know, and living the dream, really. Uh, still lifestyle, scoring goals? Football. Still scoring goals? Still, still scoring a few, yeah. I got, uh, got goal of the year last year, so I've still got something. Um, what? Just on, slightly off the subject, I was doing my research yesterday and I typed in Andy Keogh and it came up, Andy Keogh, Usain Bolt. Yeah, it was just someone just asked me on a podcast, like, what's his touch like? And I just like gave an honest answer. I just said that's touch like a trampoline, to be honest. And then I'll, 
obviously it's it's got like blown out of proportion because of that. But I mean, I was just telling the truth. He did have a touch like a trampoline, and <clears throat> but he would have been he would have been very beneficial advertising yeah. uh, wise for the league. Um, did you play against him or train but, him? Or, you know, where, where was your where was your encounter? No, nah, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I just watched him in a. I watched oh. him in a friendly game. I didn't. Um, I didn't get. Him. He didn't. He didn't end up staying. They. They didn't uh, sign him because, to be honest, he, he wasn't good enough. And... Was Shane? Was Shane Lowry? Shane Lowry played for Perth Glory. Yeah, he came as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. He. Is uh, is a warrior. <laughs> yeah, we're supposed to come on the show and he just vanished on me. So I think I might chase him down. But anyway, listen, mate. Really appreciate you coming on. I always finish with um, two questions. One, a standout memory of your time as a Millwall player? Ooh, standout memory would have to be scoring the winner Wolves at Molyneux for Millwall to win 1-0. And when I scored the goal, all the Millwall fans were chanting my name and all the Wolves fans joined in as well, even though I just scored against them. Oh, really? So that was a pretty epic night. That was... uh, that was me doing my best for my club and my old club, appreciating what I did for them. Yeah. Did you give it the old respect thing or did you celebrate? I, did, I didn't celebrate. You I didn't celebrate. celebrate. Fair enough, mate. Yeah. What would you say your best goal was? I know it's your most enjoyable, but like technically your best goal for us. Oh. Heck, my best goal. Oh, I, uh, I scored a few good ones. I'd say I'd say I scored black. Uh, Blackpool at home, where he drew the wall last season. First goal, just Henry Diag. I controlled it with my left foot outside the box and placed it with like a half volley in the bottom corner from about 20 yards. I mean, that was very technical and executed perfectly. Yeah, I was watching a few, I was watching a few goals back yesterday. Some really good ones in there. And I always finish with, 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 with the same question. If you could have a reunion tomorrow, one last night out with three of your old ex-Mill teammates... Who are you taking? Which three? Um, uh, Liam Feeney, Liam Trotter, and Adam Smith. Adam Smith. He's still going strong as well, I think, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is, yeah. He is. Brilliant, mate. Listen, I really appreciate your time, mate. Thanks for coming on the show and all the best over there in uh, Australia. All right, mate. Nice one. Take it easy. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Cheers. Bye-bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.